Welcome, you're listening to Raw Health Rebel Podcast with Lisa Strabak. It's time to disrupt the current view of health and return to the raw basics that true wellness comes from within. This is one of those podcasts that's like listening in on a really good friends conversation because Chris and I are really good friends. And while we start off chatting about yoga, we end up engrossing all sorts of interesting health conversations from the importance of breath work and how we can use it to access DMT to how Chris got into yoga and health. Chris explains how yoga made its way from the east to the west and the orchestrated hippie movement in the 60s. We discuss mouth breathing, the importance of staying on the plane of existence rather than just finishing. And that can be in relation to various things in life. We discuss juicing, Gerson therapy, intermittent fasting, sun gazing, the power of plant medicine. And the latter leads us on to an honest conversation about our vices and why it's important to sometimes adopt the motto, everything in moderation. We discuss the importance of keeping things honest and real and how to balance healthy living with the realities of married life, children and needing to earn a living. Well, let's get started, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you for coming on. It, you know, what, I'm, you got it's, it. it's really nice to chat to you. So I'm like, oh, I can kind of relax a bit with this one. You know, it's always nice speaking to people when they come back on the second time. Yeah. Although, yeah, this isn't the second time on Raw Health Rebel properly is it because you co-hosted with me and then obviously we've done the other one so um but yeah it's the kind of the first for most people listening but not um but yes to kick off I thought let's hear a little bit about you Chris because you have so much knowledge and yeah if you want to introduce yourself to people listening and we'll go from there okay well thank you for having me Lisa it's always fun um appreciate the kind words and honestly I'm just sharing what I've thought has been interesting in many stages of my life. So um, it's not always uh, about the conspiratorial mindset, even though most people have heard my mindset on, or at least my thoughts on those types of things. That's kind of like where I started podcasting from was getting onto conspiracy podcasts and talking about just different things that I've observed that maybe has not been talked about to the length or at least connected these pieces together. So um, with that being said, I like to just essentially share what I'm interested in. A lot of what I'm interested in is preventative healthcare. Um, So that's pretty much the driving force behind a lot of things. You know, you start looking into health, how people have lived um, different cultures and ethnicities within, you know, cultures and how people have lived. And there's so many other ways of living that you just realize we're kind of fast tracked into this way of living um, here in the West specifically, but just in general consumerism Mm. where there's not that much thought about, you know, creative creativity within a child, you know, you typically are taught that like an older person or a, a uh, like a figure, a, you know, an official is the only one that's going to have the truth when really most truths that matter essentially come within. Um, and so there's not even a chance to like have that creative spark. You're kind of fast tracked into things. 
And I, re- I was actually talking about this earlier with a client of mine um, about how I actually started to get like my wheels on the track per se, or to say like with clearing up thoughts, I, I, I got very interested in people that I was interested in. So like a, an artist, uh, someone in a band of like, okay, how did they start out? Like, how did they get here? You know, what was their route of success? Um, and so I kind of got into that lane of thinking of like, okay, well, these people are, this person's a good person. Like, how do they get their qualities? Like, what are they pulling from? You know, because when you're kind of a kid, that's just trying to figure it out. Um, and not like, you know, people do the best they can, but for my, I, I needed more like shown things when I'm shown things, I could see it and memorize it. And then it's like instilled in my mind. Mm. Um, I had to learn like actually reading in depth and like how to cross, like to, to try to like remember what I'm reading. Mm. Cause I don't know if you remember like first trying to learn how to read, you're just like reading words and you're like, okay. And it's hard to actually like store that away. So for me, me being shown something and kind of talking about it and being like, oh, that's how I get it. Mm. So what I'm trying to explain with all of this being said is this is how I've learned to analyze things to, to kind of build that Venn diagram in my mind to be like, okay, let me compare and contrast things and see what falls in the middle. And so I've essentially done that through recreational things, like things that I'm just interested in that, uh, um, things that affect your finances, I think is where most people start to really uh, pay attention. And that's actually how I started getting into, and eh, these things don't add up. And uh, the health aspect was really how I got into it too, was my grandmother's health. Um, all of the things that she suffered from were preventative. Mm. And it was from aftermath care, being treated from aftermath care, where in the West specifically, we're really good when a problem presents itself and then we have A, B, and C, but we Mm -hmm. don't know how to prevent that problem. And yeah, yeah. and and just, yeah, treating the symptoms and never getting to the root cause. Mm -hmm. And I saw through that illusion pretty early on, that's kind of like what got me down the path. And I was always in sports. I skated um, heavily. I was a big skateboarder. And I played baseball, I was really good at baseball, football. And so I was always athletic, but <clears throat> this kind of, those things were stages of my life, stepping stones to amplify me into preventative healthcare. Um, so a lot of this I had to learn because my grandmother was sick and I knew that they were never going to help her in the way that she needed as a reductionist approach. Um So I got into personal training. I learned about, you know, nutrition early on, a lot of self-research and I took some courses and um, realized like a lot of that as well is just kind of like a facade. It shows you some things and you're like, yeah, that's pretty. And wow. And then you just see it for what it is and you realize it's, you know, it's not even holding the bones together. So um, from that, you know, I worked many jobs, a lot of life experience with uh, working with people and seeing many walks of life and the commonalities of problems that we all carry. 
and got in a car accident kind of around that same time I was elevating my personal training and learning different methods of treating the body, not just in a monkey trainer way where like, we're just going to get after it, you know, and which there's a time for that, but there's most of the time it's not people are like, so the commonality part of problems was spinal compression. And so I started to get deep into this. And at the same time, right around that same time, my wife and I got in a car accident, which left, uh, I snapped my wrist in half this way. And oh. I had a plate, plate and seven pins put into this wrist. If I squeeze, you could see that plate right there. But so it left me, you know, completely like I had to learn, I had already learned a lot about rehabilitation, but I had to really, uh, figure this out. Cause it was such a vital, it's a, the most yeah. vital part of your wrist. And, um, and honestly, this plate and pins can't be good in my bones. I mean, I'm going to have to get this thing taken out eventually, but, um, that elevated me down rehabilitation. So I started taking yoga and rehabbing on my own. And I rehabbed my wrist just from on my own with just starting to deep stretch, uh, within like two months, it was like two and a half months. And I was back to work serving hot coffee to people, you know? Wow. And, um, so that instilled like most rehabilitation protocol is such bullshit. What people go through after surgery, they're just like, yeah, just, you know, come and do a couple sessions that are covered by insurance and like eight tops. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you're on your own, you're, you're on your way, you know? And I just realized like, that's not it at all. What they have athletes doing is like right after knee surgery, they're like moving the knee, like mm. in the bed. And so it's all about not allowing the body to stiffen up from the lack of movement and, uh, or plugging your body up from like garbage consumption. So with all that being said, uh, I got deep into yoga from there. It, uh, I got into learning about functional medicine and misconceptions about certain drugs out there. And that helped amplify my knowledge base of how people used to heal on a wide level, why there is there the conspiratorial ends of certain things like the war on drugs, uh, cannabis specifically being put in schedule one, what all that was about with Randolph Hearst and just trying to make a profit when hemp was the original, you know, uh, you know, textile, it was used for everything. Like, mm. you know, hemp rope was the original twine and rope for that people used. And, you know, so, and it's, it's not even like hidden, like, you know, George Washington you know, has like one of the most famous pictures of him is like standing out in his hemp field, you know, his cannabis mm. field, big old plants around him. So, you just start learning about all the stuff and that kind of amp. And I, and I learned about RSO Rick Simpson oil and, and what that does for people that have uh, epilepsy and seizures and um, how it risk reduces tumors and like mm -hmm. completely kills carcinogens like cancer cells. And um, when you start to realize that you just know that we're being told like a small peasant portion mm -hmm. of what's really out there. And uh, that kind of led me into everything that I'm doing now, you know. That's amazing. And I think, yeah, we, we, a lot of us have that sort of wake up call, but on different angles. You know, I remember being at um, homeopathy college and learning about some 
brain tumour patients. Um, they, they received allopathic medicine. There was nothing that they could do. Um, and so as a last right. result, I think it was at the Texas Brain Institute, they said to these famous homeopaths in India, oh, you can have a go because <laughs> it's like nothing. There's no hope. And basically right. all of them, you know, their tr- tumours shrunk. Uh, I think nearly, I think out of like nine of them, sort of seven of them say went into complete recovery and two, the tr- tumours stopped growing. And I remember mm. learning and just feeling really angry, like thinking, why isn't this on the news? Why aren't we told right. these? Well, we know why, because there's no money to be made out of it. And, you know, when you know the bigger picture, but when you first, I think, become aware of these stories, yeah. you're like, it, it just opens your mind completely into realizing what corruption there is out there. Um, yeah. Sometimes the light's a, a fire for good or for bad, because if you don't know what to do with that. It, it could be, you know, and a family member is affected firsthand and you're, you're dragging them to Stanford over here, going back and forth to Stanford because they're the research center and they're supposed to be top of the line. And, and yet there's simple remedies that can really help someone. It's very frustrating. And it's, that's like putting it lightly, you know, Mm. very frustrating. And why, and what happened? What, so you got into yoga in particular. Mm-hmm. And so what, what sort of, re, what, why did that resonate with you in particular? What led you down that route? So the control of the breath and understanding, like when you just put your body in these positions that are called asanas, which means pose, and you sit there and you breathe, you'll first of all, write out waves of emotions that it's fascinating to see how many thoughts flood your mind whenever you're just going through such a basic stretch. But there's so much tension that is on your body that you have not released from doing these stretches that it's all unloading on you at once. And you really feel like, I got to get out of this thing. But if you come back to your breath and you keep it specifically through the nose on both inhale and exhale, that's the most anchored, controllable breath that you can use in the deepest breath you can achieve, it melts all that away. And then all of a sudden, like if you're in bound angle, which is you're on your back, your knees are bent, your feet, you plant them hips with, or excuse me, you you bring the bottoms of your feet together. Like you're putting your palms together, right? And you let your knees open up. When you, when you're in that, that's like one of the big intense ones that most people, when they get into, they're like, Oh my God, because they have not ever like really stretched their hips. And if they're a lady that has given birth, like there is so much scar tissue and tension built up sometimes trauma, you know, and eventually those legs, cause you know, they're usually like this, but when you start practicing a lot, they'll lay flat on the ground, your knees. Mm. And, um, that one is the one where your breath if you have it locked in, it'll connect with, with some yogis that try it out. And that will hook you into the practice because you'll feel it go to the next level. Like you'll just take that one breath that you need, like fully relax. And all of a sudden your legs drop and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm on Mm -hmm. the next level, you know, and all of that washes away. So essentially controlling the symptomatic response from breathing. That was like what hooked me and understanding like the chemical compounds that are in your system right now that you're holding, you know, you have schedule one drugs in your spinal fluid. You know that, right? 
And I ha- yeah, I so, have heard that. Yeah, tell people so the in most, a bit more detail. It, it might not have. The most powerful psychedelic that is out there, dimethyltryptamine, DMT, mm-hmm. it's in so many living things. It's in plants. It's in your spinal fluid. It's produced in your liver and kidneys and lungs. And what's always been speculated is that it's produced from the pineal gland, your first eye. We call it the third eye, but that's really your first eye. And um, that's where the seat of the soul is. Everything is in conjunction with that uh, organ there. And um, people doubt, people figured out a long time ago how to stoke the flame so that you can harness that fluid letting it kind of go up and down the spine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why yoga depiction is sitting in Lotus, keeping your spine straight. Okay. And breathing deep through the nose. That's why you'll see when the belly sucks up and in on exhales, that's all nose breathing. Mm-hmm. And you can harness that energy and have a endogenous psychedelic experience. And um, it's the same thing from taking any other, you know, natural substance comes from plants such as, you know, DMT from mini sex. There's, you can get it through mushrooms. You can get it through salvia. You can get it through, um, you know, ayahuasca, peyote. There's all these different versions, but those are the harvestable compounds, but really you can stoke your own flame. And that's what yoga is and how it essentially came out of the cradle that way. It's not all about psychedelics and, oh, just we're losing ourselves. It's not that at all. It's actually, is very guided. And there was an understanding, a well-known understanding on how to uh, stay conscious on that plane of existence, the kind of in-between, the sleepy in-between feeling you have when you wake up, you're kind of like still sleeping and, you know, mm. it's kind of like that, but you would know how to stay conscious. There was a regimen that told you that. And, and taught you how to do it. So um, what comes down to it is there is so much energy levels that are not just, uh, they, they don't just come from food. They come from the breath and the internal, the endocrine system and learning how to uh, balance out your symptomatic response through breath work is like the most practical thing. And that's what I learned and what got me hooked. It just helps solidify that all of the misconception about plant medicines, um, about kind of bashing people that do that. And and how, when you learn about the 60s and how it was completely, a lot of that hippie movement was completely orchestrated by the CIA So they were giving people the comp, like the foods of the gods in that sense, where it could connect you to source, whatever ultimate consciousness in the material plane. But they were also teaching them bullshit at the same time and having them lost in all of this nonsense, like free love and uh, Mm. birth control at the same time. Uh, Just screw anyone you want. Like a lot of this is orchestrated and you can read a book called, um, Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon by Dave McGowan. And Weird. he breaks down. I'll, I'll show it to you right now. I'm going to grab it. Yeah. Oh, might as well grab this one too. Okay. So this one's Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon by Dave McGowan. Yep. And he breaks down 
um, a lot about how the CIA orchestrated a lot of the hippie movement, how LSD spread everywhere that uh, the Grateful Dead went and how, uh, what was it, Ken Kesey was the audio producer to the Grateful Dead and how he was a part of the Harvard or the the LSD study and he was the one where they were spreading a lot of the LSD through. Have, that's all of that is completely new to me I'm gonna to have to get this another another book I need to read so yeah I'm yes to get it. and the reason why this is even relevant is because a lot of yoga got really big here in the west at that same time so a lot of eastern mysticism made its way to the west you have the yoga sutras of Patanjali getting very uh very much promoted which this is the guide but still um you had a lot of occultists that were kind of hijacking all of the spiritual uh deep knowledge that had been figured out a long time ago but they were kind of harnessing it and, and kind of like you know energy patenting it mm. you know what i'm saying like if so if i if someone introduces something and kind of makes it their own then you know they kind of get the praise so one person, H.P. Blavatsky, which was this very, this, this lady occultist that um, was uh, the one who really brought the Yoga Sutra, uh, Yoga Sutras to the West. And um, she was, you know, I believe in the OTO or the, um, the one before that, the, the cult. Um, so she was deep into occultism and for the for the good or for the bad, I'm not sure. She might even be a ghostwriter. There's that because she has so much pivotal works that it's like, is this person even real? You know. Mm. So, but at the same time, she's the one. H.P. Blavatsky is the one who's accredited to kind of making it well known in the West. Uh, see, the thing is, like with with yoga knowledge, there is also a mainstream version to it just like history right where there's these gaps and they don't make sense because it's not supposed to that there was mm. there's been pieces of the the lineage taken out and um you know rewritten and people trying to harness it for their own so you know maybe some yogis like comments later like that's not true it was whoever so and so okay well that's the mainstream what really happened was a lot of uh, rich kids who were traveling all over were harnessing everyone's knowledge and the CIA and they had the funds to do it and they were smart enough to, to learn the stuff. And so the CIA helped utilize them. They funded their trips. That's how a lot of like Eastern mysticism came over here to the West, brought yoga, brought, you know, psychedelic compounds, brought all the stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of like the jungle, uh, compounds that came back over here were all CIA funded as well. And a lot of those people that came back and did those studies that were a part of, they became spiritual teachers that mm -hmm. base a lot of their stuff, like through Buddhism or just, you know, yoga practices and different sects of, of it. So it's very important to know, like I learned off of a very accredited yoga instructor, and he's, you know, he's pretty world renowned. He does retreats everywhere. And we learned off of a lineage that um, is only like 600 years old, I believe, but five gurus passed it down. And so all of them lived over a hundred, you know, so wow. it's pretty fascinating there. Yeah. And um, 
the thing is like people learned during a different time and they didn't have the internet to cross-reference all this stuff so even in yoga there's a lot of mainstream nonsense that's all tied up into it that people have yet to ever um look into and double check you know mm. um but long story short everything essentially came from raja yoga which was sitting in that lotus position keeping the spine straight and deep breathing long deep breaths four part breaths and you would essentially do that until maya was broken the illusion was was broken and you would be with god which meant you endogenously produced psychedelics into your system and that's where it comes from. Uh, and then the other part of it where it evolved from was through sex and deep breathing because those compounds still create the same euphoric feeling. You're still mm -hmm. working with the same spinal fluid. And that's where a lot of that stuff comes from. And people joke and stuff. But when you look into, you know, Kama Sutra and all that stuff mm. and you all it is is staying. It was not about sex and just getting it done. Like it wasn't about the finishing of it. It was about staying on that plane of existence and literally, you know, be, you know, being as close as possible as you can deep breathing, staying on that long existence. And if you can control your breath that good, you can control other things really good too. Like in the sense of not finishing quick or, or any of that stuff. So it's funny you know, I get it, but it's also, that's where it all evolved from. Um, that's why a lot of these people, higher level people that were able to learn during a time in the world were able to, that's why a lot of them, their big thing is they become a guru and then it's all about sex magic and all this stuff because they learned those practices, but it always, you know, it's just such a, such a, uh, I don't know. It's just such a childish turn. You know what I mean? Mm. Like to, uh, because it's the easiest form of energy. And so they use like a lot of these people use psychology to manipulate people that aren't there mentally yet into like mm. sex, you know? Mm. So Bikram was a big yoga instructor who, uh, you know, Bikram yoga is huge. Like I'm sure you've heard of it, but it's mm -hmm. hot yoga. Mm. This guy would pack like freaking warehouse size, you know, like he would have so many people in there and he's like, you look up Bikram yoga and it's like him balancing on someone's back. I'm like, is this even applicable to people? Like, does this even provide benefit? But um, it, Bikram yoga is great. Like he's got a rigorous thing and it's, you know, only a certain amount of poses and transitions. But he got caught up in all these sex scandals because he used his power for, he used his knowledge for the bad, you know? So, yeah, that, that's like the big... Yo, no, I, I just wanted to say that's why I brought all that up because you start talking about yoga and you're like, oh yeah, so you can bend someone over and you know, and it starts getting into that lane because it is very vulnerable. It is very like energy flowing for sure. But um, there is a lot of bad rap when it comes to literally just the physical part, putting yourself in positions and breathing, do that. And then tell me if it's, if it's bullshit or not. You know, tell me if it's gay or whatever you, or you whatever your criticism people want to say about it. It's like, you know, it's uh, not gay, but you know, what's pretty fucking lame is not being able to 
sit all the way into your base. Like yeah. you have to use a squatty potty because or toilets are high, but also because, you know, you can't sit down into your base. Like that's the lamest shit ever. That's the opposite of manly. You know what I mean? Like, or finishing quick when you're finally going to get down, that's pretty lame as hell too. So, you know, how about breathing, learning how to breathe through your nose? You know, <laughs> that's pretty manly to me. We're too rushed and everything. And I have a confession now to make. So the only yoga I've actually ever done is hot yoga. So, um, and I'm thinking, hot yoga is great though. But the yoga yeah. I've done, I'm like, not that I've done much and I want to learn more about it, but I'm like, it doesn't bear resemblance to the what like the raw yoga that you're telling me about the deep breathing and what it should oh actually I say that I did flow yoga once which I don't think is yoga at all because I was like it's just too much moving around was no it is Uh, so a lot of like um a lot of like flow yoga or power yoga came from Brian Kest who he's the guy like he's the guy who helped transform uh modern day yoga into even more modern day yoga because so Raja yoga is like I said, sitting down and deep breathing. Like that was a thing for like 3000 years passed down. And then they probably were like, damn, my ass hurts. Maybe we should support the rest of the spine, like with everything else that's an extension of it. So, you know, per- progressively it started transitioning and, and things started getting adding, added into the practice. And it wasn't just about the breathing and the spine being straight, but it was about challenging yourself putting yourself in these other positions and then coming back to the breath. Mm. You know, you're always constantly putting a roadblock in front of yourself uh, and seeing if you can maintain a breath. And um, so transitions became a thing. And like in the modern era with Brian Kest, you know, a lot of it is stoking the flame to the highest level. Like it's hard to maintain the breath in sync with movement but that became that be kind of becomes the goal is you're moving in the symbiotic uh, breath and movement. Inhale, you're reaching back. Mm. Exhale, you're reaching forward. And it's all practical too. Any crunch is an exhale. Any twist is, is an exhale into it. Any lifting up, lengthening is all inhales. So it's very practical and it makes sense. <clears throat> and um, so putting yourself in just the positions alone. Um, it all is decompression for the spine. That is the most common problem we all deal with is spinal compression. You know, you think about like a car or a, or a truck and it has the shocks and they're all like, think of brand new shocks and it's all just boom. You see all the ridges. Mm. It's how our spine should look, but eventually we just like an old vehicle or an old truck that's just taken the beating those, those shocks are compressed down. That's what our spine does. We do so much sitting or standing at idle. And, uh, the way we sleep is very, you know, odd it's sunken in. And so every single day it becomes a challenge. Once you understand this to loosen up the tight ends and tighten up the loose ends physically for sure, but even mentally and spiritually. Mm. Um, and that is where the yoga practice comes from is, it's not even this thing that you add in. It's more like you just go back to the basics. Like when you come out, you breathe through your nose. How else would you fe- be able to breastfeed or bottle feed, right? Mm. You, you breathe through your nose. You don't mouth breathe. Mm. You have a straight spine. Eventually, you have a compressed, you know, rounded spine and you're mouth breathing, which causes 
you know, roundness of the, you have a rounded off, closed, rounded off back, closed off diaphragm, mouth breathing, just inflating your chest instead of your belly. As soon as you start deep breathing through your nose, it makes you sit up and it's a belly breath. Mm. Mouth breathing is awful, isn't it? I mean, like, have you heard of like the mouth taping? People actually mouth, t- mouth, mouth taping. taping. So my um my the, the principal of um my college where I studied homeopathy, he was into mouth taping. So he literally oh. taped at night to make because sure you he don't was inadv- so so much about the nose breath. Yeah, and it's yeah to make sure you don't inadvertently start mouth breathing at night because it is horrible. Like so, I don't know if you've done it. Like sometimes if you wake up and you realize that you've been breathing through your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and there's just, this droll and disgustingness it's built up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. That. And so th- those are the things that really like is the most practical when you teach someone nose breathing. That's why I har- like I harp on this so much in my in-person or on cl- online classes. Um, I'm just talking about breathe through your nose, you know, on inhale and exhale. And because some people will still be like, <sighs> like every exhale. And I'm like, you're letting that energy go. Cause like once you start, so if you limber up, right, we start out nice and easy in a practice and then we kind of loosen up, we get going. And then once the, once we're on the track, okay, you already have this energy built up. Cause we do a deep breathing routine for about a minute mm-hmm. before we start like moving. And once we build that up, I'm always like nose breath, because if not, you're just letting out all that energy we just built up instead of containing it you can hear it it's just different Mm. it sounds like the ocean when you're Mm. mouth breathing it's like sounds like wind hitting buildings (laughs) and stuff whenever you're breathing through your nose it sounds like the ocean crashing in and retracting and stuff um so it's very important to to do that just because if people get the breathing down it will seriously help with symptomatic responses. It'll give you control of your stress and anxiety. It will also make your core start to work, which will cause digestion to, to continue. And then it will also decompress the spine just because you're not, you're putting pressure on your core to tighten so that Mm -hmm. it takes the pressure off your back. So just doing that alone literally helps people, literally. And then when you give them basic poses, like you lay on your back, like I said, you bend your knees. I always usually start someone that has like severe problems with spinal compression. They're barely getting around. Um, Bend their knees, plant the feet, hips width apart. And then you tip your knees into each other, letting them rest together like a teepee, right? Mm -hmm. Teepee pose. And then you point your feet towards each other like pigeon style. So your feet don't slide. And when you just do that, it will decompress the spine so much. That's usually people are like, Oh my gosh. Like right. Whenever we get into it and they're like, wow, that's, it's releasing so much tension. And then I'm like, all right, keep breathing here. And by the time we're done with that, they're like, wow, that was great. I'm like, yeah, we're not done. Let's go right into this next one. Because just from that one alone, it releases so much tension. People carry it's powerful. But then if you just build a small routine, I have like four or five poses that every yoga instructor uses, but if you do them in a row and you do them in that row every single day, it always unlocks the trunk. 
the hips, do, the lower back, the IT bands. So do you do online classes as well then? People yes. And I've lagged on that because I've had to like take care of finances in person first with working in person. So I'm like working with more clients. All my business got crushed last year during the lockdown. So it's been building. And now that I'm like, you know, I'm like trying to get back to recording stuff for online. Mm. I I'm like trying to get time to separate to do that. You know, been trying to record a podcast for myself again for a long time and I haven't even been able to do that. So you, you, I just got to get to some things. Yeah. You should prioritize yourself over doing this, but so I appreciate your time for coming on here to do this. No, this is awesome. No, because these connections mean a lot to other people listening. These conversations aren't typically had. And these conversations are getting sought out or, you know, sought after. Mm. So this is important. But you are making me actually really want to look into yoga. And I think I'm questioning sort of how I find a really good yoga class, you know, because like around where I am, it can be a bit more like a fitness exercise class is how it kind of comes across, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than actually that basic of really that deep breathing which I think you know I hear about you know Wim Hof breathing and actually you know Mm -hmm. I've had other friends tell me about breathing techniques that can release DMT so I'm thinking actually how do you find a really good class that accesses what you're talking about so I guarantee there's teachers that know what I'm talking about to this level there around you you'll just have to try a couple out um but you can always start out with, if you want to do it in person, I really, I really want people to try it out in person. Cause it's different. It's just different. When you do it in person, you can carry, there's an energy. Like mm. when you hear people breathing around you, it's mm. uh, cause the breath will instantly sync up. Like that's one of the more fascinating things as a yoga instructor is when the brain, when you get the breath to sync up with the whole class and everyone's like, And it sounds like the ocean in the room. It's crazy. You have like, you know, 30 or 20 people doing it. It sounds crazy, but there's just a different energy that gets carried in person. But there's many online places that you can learn from if you want to do that. You can, I guarantee Wim Hof, he's so big. He probably has very super cheap, affordable breathing classes. But otherwise I have some that I have just recently recorded as well. And I'm always available to teach you. Um, it's something it's very important for people to learn. Like I'm even just looking at my wife's book. She's got the hypnobirthing uh, book here. Mm. And uh, a lot of it's like deep breathing. Mm. You know, Lamaze is, is pranayama. It's the same thing. Um, so it's very practical. Birthing babies, controlling anxiety, uh, mm. digestion, spinal support, sitting up straight, you know, having good posture, um, all of those things, you know. And then, by the way, you might not be into the fitness aspect, but what's so crazy is once you start getting into the basics and you get, you find the clicking, like once it clicks, you're like, okay, I get it. Because every time it's like inhale, three-legged dog lift, right leg up, you know, exhale, step it up top of the mat. The reason why there's exhaling there and it's through the nose is because when you breathe through the nose on the exhale, specifically that core tightens up and in it's a belly breath. So organs shift up and into the diaphragm food presses down. So it creates all the space and you can have that room to step your foot up. 
And then it's like inhale, you know, crescent pose or warrior and you're reaching up and then exhale, open up warrior two, inhale, reverse, exhale, side angle. And you're like, and then you go into warrior dance and it becomes fun, but it's literally all about the breath. So no one gets there unless they mask, unless they tap into the breath, because if not, you're never stepping that foot up because your core is hanging out. You're like mouth breathing still. You're not tucking, mm. you know? So that's why it becomes such a like power yoga and all that, or holistic yoga flow is what I learned through with Travis Elliott. All that's so um, mainstream, like pumping right now, because mm. it's great. Like you do not need equipment and all, even though I, I, I love working with equipment, you know, kettlebells, barbells, stuff like that. I love it, but you don't need it. Mm. You just need your body and your breath. And to put yourself in these positions and you can also amplify it and it be calisthenics, just doing body weight stuff mm. is so powerful. And really, if you can't handle your own weight, you probably shouldn't be handling a bunch of other weight, you know, in the gym or something. It's always been a rule of thumb for me. Yeah, I like that. So just wanted to ask you Chris, about your sort of daily practices or how you keep yourself in good high vibes because you are crystal meth. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. Because <laughs> you are always like really happy. You know, you come across really just yeah, always positive and um, uplifting. And how do you do that? Particularly like with everything that's going on in the world out there right now, it's it can be easy to get sucked into you know the negativity. Well, let me preface by saying like. I got, I mean, I'm like this right now during the storm because I was like this before the storm. I, I saw through a lot of bullshit beforehand. So right now where everything's polarized, I don't have to, like, I don't have to react to a lot. I don't, even if it's seems promising, like shit, that's not good. And that's happening. Like it doesn't affect me that much because dude, we're all going to make it. We're all going to die and we're all going to live. We're all fine. It's going to be fine. There's no scarcity. There's only, uh, you know, there's no, uh, there's abundance everywhere. Like there's just so much abundance. Like they're going to be pumping food short, just real quick. They're going to be pumping food sh shortages soon on people. It's already happening in the East and stuff back East. I see these little headlines and they're like slowly working it in. Oh, that's like two weeks. And then it, it'll be like, it's already yeah, happening I know, but like it's, yeah, it's happening there. And that's been going on. But like over here in the States, I see these headlines from back East, you know, and people are like putting it out. Like there's one account I follow on Instagram and he's always good about posting personal things he, he observes. And, um, he's posting like these little, little things they're putting out in the news, like, Oh, expect a one week delay for this. And mm. so what I'm trying to say is like, the reason why people should be scared is because they don't have the knowledge to survive on their own with mm. basic shit like growing food, like buy seeds, people plant them and start being a human and make connections again. And you won't be scared shitless, you know? Mm. And so then, and you, it'll, you'll be self-reliant. You'll realize you don't need these massive corporations to, fund all of your overeating like you're overeating you don't even need this much food and there's so much food so i just wanted to state that like i i am not drugged down by all of this bullshit 
I'm not. There was a point where a, a little bit of it got to me last year because of the polarization point and all of your loved ones or friends that got kind of caught up into this and trying to convince them. Like that was the only point where I like kind of got frustrated or I didn't keep my cool at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, I am the person that I was going into this and I've only gotten better. I've only learned more. I've only understood more. So with that being said, like my, my daily regimen is not taking a dose of fear in the morning. Let's start out with that. Uh, so I avoid that and I take deep breaths through my nose instead that Ujjayi breath. Okay. And, um, I'm, I actually have responsibilities, people like I have a wife, a son who's two. And, you know, um, we have a business. I've been a per, I have my own business, but we, I, we're starting our organic cold press juicery. So there's that my wife's becoming a midwife. She's a nurse, you know, there's a lot going on. So mm. we actually have response. So how I balance out a real life application, not like a single dude who has no, you know, I like that because do you know what I have to say? some of the accounts or you know on Instagram and that that I follow yeah. people that have these amazing healthy lives and you know I'm like so would I if I was single I didn't have kids and yeah kids. you didn't yeah yeah you have a hundred thousand dollars coming in and no responsibilities like yeah your life fucking great I bet you know um so, so yeah, it's good. Keep, keep I have real real. life I have some real life shit and also you know not to take it from a funny note to a sadder note but like the grandmother I was talking about who is like the closest person besides my wife and son to me. Um, she passed away last month. And so, you know, she, uh, was like the most pivotal person in my life. Like how I got into all this shit was because of her. Um, even like the conspiratorial stuff. Like when I was a kid, we were watching conspiracy stuff or, you know, uh, even if it was cheesy shit like Bigfoot or whatever aliens, like we would always get into stuff like that. But, um, so, you know, I'm dealing with a lot too. Mm -hmm. I haven't even had a moment to grieve properly, uh, if that's even a proper way to do it, but, um, you need time to do that. You know, we, we, we do need time to process that properly. And I've kind of been like on this building point with business to where I haven't, you know, and I have deadlines of things that need to get paid. So, just haven't had a moment to really allow that to like soak in, mm. you know, it would have been a month yesterday, actually, uh, or excuse me on the two days ago on the fourth. And, uh, so, you know, with real life happening, mm. how I tend to keep things going on a positive manner is <clears throat> first of all, I chose something that I was going to do for the rest of my life as my business. So I actually love it. I actually love helping people, believe it or not, and like legitimately helping people. Mm. And uh, so that helps boost me. Secondly, um, I don't have time to sit around and like feel sorry for myself. I got to get up and do shit. I got to take care of business because I don't have anyone really helping us like that. And um, so that's the driving force. Beyond that, I don't eat bad food. I Mm keep it clean. I eat organic and non-GMO all the words. And it's because when you learn why you have to have those labels, it makes sense. And by the way, if you think it's expensive, think about what you're going to pay with your health 
Mm. Think about medical bills. Think about sorrow. Think about preventable disease. It's not that expensive. And you don't need to eat that much. People act like they need to eat all this fucking food and yet they're not putting it to use. Mm. How are we fat and need all this food? It's We're not putting the, the tank to use. You're filling up the tank and letting it overflow. You got to use the tank. So I fast like i intermittent fast for a while in the morning and then when i break my fast i still stay on liquids for a while even if it is coffee um how long do you so with, with intermittent fasting because that's something there's so many different types isn't there some people will fast for like a portion of a day or some people might fast for a couple of days out of the week you know how do you do it mm-hmm. so there there's so many ways to do it but the most steady way to do it is to fit all of your eating within 12 hours. If Mm. you could do that, you're golden because the other stuff isn't for everyone. And it's not even applicable for everyone in every stage of their life. Like during certain stages of your health journey, where you're trying to get shit out of your system and trying to nourish your body, uh, there's a lot of time to catch up. Some people can't like get into the working out right away because they are severely screwed. Like you know, knees, they're so overweight, like knees, back, spinal compression, like, or they've had knee surgery or just, and they're overweight. So the practicality of like trying to then tell them, Hey dude, you need to like drastically change how you eat or woman, like, Hey lady, you need to like drastically change how you eat by, you know, see if you can fast four hours in the morning and four hours at night, Mm. you know, it's like, uh, no. And they'll just turn away. So that would be eight hours, by the way. So if you fit all of your eating into eight hours, then you'd be fasting for 16, like eight sleeping, four so you you, know, in, do the, you in the morning, do, four at night. So do you, you just do it for 12 hours, not eating for 12 hours? Because that's doable, uh, Well, that's it? what's, that's, yeah, that's what's sleeping though. So yeah, you got to no. think eight hours, that's so doable. Yeah. How yeah, the yeah. hell, like, why do you need to then eat, go to bed and then wake up and eat? Like, that's not even 12 hours. It's not even 10, you know, it's uh, crazy. And so you don't need that much food, especially if you're overweight, you have food stored. Seriously. You're like a bear, like utilize that space, buddy. And (laughs) so, uh, you know, and um, so knowing that, like, if you have stored energy, you don't need that much food. So I'm saying that because I'm stating that because it really does amplify my day. Cause it allows my body to get out what it doesn't need anymore. And it, you know, when you fast for, for that long, you don't need to be gripping a coffee cup and you don't need to be reliant on other energies. You actually gain more energy cause you're not processing something all the time. Mm. Your body takes its body's energy to try to process what you put in it. So, you know, it, it actually amplifies your energy. You feel light, you feel clear. You feel like you can lit like, like, damn, I do need to get tired because I need to go to sleep. You know, Mm. there's, there's been moments like when my body's finally flushed whatever garbage it was hanging on to out that I was like, wow, I have so much energy. I need to like try to power down because if not, I will not be on time tomorrow. I'm going to oversleep or something. Mm. So, um, that's one thing is that, um, clean eating, like I said, cycling foods um is another thing like not grouping together a bunch of foods all the time especially carb heavy and fat heavy meals like separate that go you know either a carb heavy with 
hardly any fat and like some steak or protein or whatever, or, uh, go, you know, high fat, moderate to high protein and like no carb or low carb. Mm. Um, because those, those will drag you down. Uh, those days drag you down if you uh, intermix those days and you're not like working out super hard or mm. doing a long trail somewhere or something. Um, I do like coffee. I get low acid coffee. There's a brand called TMNs that's really good that I like. And um, it does not affect my gut like how all the other coffee used to. So stuck with that if I'm going to have it. Um, mm. you know, I definitely do yoga or practice, uh, stretching every single morning, like in that little routine I do, mm. and then I'll work out at some point, but it's tends to not be every single day because when you stretch like that, you don't need to, you're already loosening the tight ends, tightening the loose ends. Mm. I'm not trying to compete in, you know, a bodybuilding contest. That's not about that. It's about functionality for me. Mm. Um, and so, um, in turn, by the way, you heal better with, with doing deep stretching. That's what the big secret is with all the athletes besides drugs is, uh, deep stretching. You doing yoga literally. Mm. So that's their big thing. Good. And with, with your like food, do you, um, do you follow any particular diet or do you, you know, there's so many no. different diets, isn't there? You just sort of eat what you feel like you need intuitively feel like what I need and I make it extremely simple. Like the ingredient list is very simple. Make basic meals, like super basic. Mm. Uh, if I know I'm feeling sluggish and, and, or congested, you eat romaine, you make salads, you put some hot protein on that salad with some like garlic, onions, bell peppers, you know, and especially if you need to kind of flush out your system, eat a lot of garlic, onions, um, black pepper all over everything just because it makes uh, your nutrients more absorbent. Um, you know, the misconception with salt, like there is bullshit salt for sure. Like not Morton's don't be using that, but there's really good salts that you can get. And um, you need that for your food to help hold nutrients in mm -hmm. once you're not, once, once you're done stripping your body of all the stuff you don't need, then you need the nutrients that you want in. So you need salt. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I'll intermix meals. Like we keep it pretty basic though. And then some days it's not even like we have meat every day. Like we don't do that either. There'll be days when we don't have it and it's totally fine. Mm. Um, you know, days that I'm going to work out a lot, I'll have fruit and car like nuts and carbs, like brown rice, black beans, those types of things. Um, or even basmati rice or something like that, like a long grain rice. Um, and yeah, I keep it pretty basic eggs. Like we, we eat all the stuff. We just, any cheese, it's not pasteurized, any mm. milk and cream. It's not pasteurized. It's organic and raw. Um, you know, I do, uh, our juicing, like I said, mm -hmm. and that started with me learning about the Gerson therapy. And I learned how powerful it is just to even detox so people that parts of your body that haven't yeah. heard of the Gerson therapy. Can you very briefly explain what it, what it is? Yeah. So Max Gerson was, it, you know, he, he passed away, but his, his daughter runs the, the foundation and the company and all that. Uh, but 
he essentially learned like what was already known. Like, it, you know, he, he was a doctor who figured out helping people with very, uh, very basic things like, Oh, food being medicine, right? Like roots, you know? And so juicing, a lot of that stuff kind of came from his work where, you know, if you do it organic and raw and you use a, a two-stage cold press juicer, which I have the pure juicer specifically, or there's the Norwalk, which is another high end. It's the same thing, just different maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the pure juicer actually does a little bit better, by the way, on the, on the, on the diagnostics or whatever you call it. But uh, so during, you know, he figured out that intermittent fasting or fasting in general, colonics, to, you know, flush out your, uh, your liver and kidneys and, um, your, your colon, obviously, which would help not back the, it would help the backed up gut start processing things. Cause of, like leaky gut and all this stuff. And so he figured all this stuff out and, um, he essentially got ran at him and his wife got ran out of the States, the FDA, because he was curing everyone of all these hypokinetic diseases that are preventable. And their clinics and foundations still stand to today. You know, the, the clinics are like on, like in Mexico, like on the border of San Diego and Mexico, I think. And over in the UK, there's some Gerson therapy clinics, pretty sure. So, um, yeah, so uh, I've gotten into juicing, um, carrots and green apple. I call it the G juice because that was a Gerson therapy juice, like literally organic raw carrots and green apple. Those two together are so powerful for your gut, eyes, like everything, mm. everything. And I've, I used to wear contacts and glasses and I'm not wearing any right now. Oh, really? I don't wear them anymore. Yeah. I've oh, cured wow. my eyesight. Yeah. I did that through sun gazing and clean eating people. That's so I keep hearing so much more about the sun, you know, being medicine and, you know, I, I am naturally, I, I just want to be in the sun all the time. I'd love to live yeah. somewhere where the, the sun and yet we've been told to be it's going to burn a hole in your brain and your (laughs) eyes and yeah yeah well uh it's complete nonsense obviously you're not going to look at the sun when it's at zenith right over your head like ah you know (laughs) of course it's (laughs) too strong but sunrise and set when you're watching it for the first five ten minutes 15 you start building yourself up you can look at the sun like you look at the moon bare-eyed completely composed not like just completely composed open-eyed looking at it and it helps your vision it helps your eyesight i've only gotten better eyesight i don't have a hole in the back of my head i speak pretty clearly you know i don't feel dumb you know it's it's not that so uh and plus you'll start to it gets you on the path of other things too once you start to sun gaze but with all that being said it has seriously helped um, energy levels in your body. Like when you get a good sun gaze in, your energy is the highest it's going to be throughout the day. Mm. Everything anoints itself to the to the rise, to the sunrise. Everything rises to the occasion. Plants, everything. Yeah. You can smell, you know, go outside and watch that. You smell the terpenes burning off. Uh, you know, it's amazing. It's a... Uh, it's like, it's why they call it golden hour. You know, those two golden hours mm. rise and set, like where the sun and the, the, the sunlight and the moonlight, they like converge mm. and you, and it's like the coldest point of the morning too, or night. Mm. And uh, it's cause like, that's the big, you know, 
the two opposites coming together, the big uh, alchemical transformation of the energies and very powerful. But coincidentally, if you go and sun gaze at that same time, you get a massive benefit, big energy boost. My eyes have only gotten better, you know? Um, so yeah, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, you're really making me want to move somewhere where I can just have a view of a sunrise and sunset. It's just, it does make you feel amazing, doesn't it? Well, that's why people love going on holiday or vacation, as you, you call it, you know, by the sea where you can just see those sunrises and sets, you know, the simple things in life, which. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, it burns off. Uh, it's a, a natural uh, antibacterial, like in the, in the negative sense for bacteria and microbial, like you put your clothes out there and it, people just don't think about it, but people figure this out a long time ago. It's just so wild. You kind of have to convince people, not you, but like we have been led down a path of not knowing for so long and having just a small amount of people know and be like, yeah, it's better not knowing. Cause that's responsibility, mm-hmm. you know? Oh God, yeah. You know? uh, yeah, and and actually, what you said earlier as well about being the positive mindset is trying to make yourself as self sufficient as possible and not rely on those outside things. I think then you yeah, then you're not living in fear so much. Um, what do you For find? Sure. Have you got like minded people around you? You know, the community side. How does because that's important as well for us to not feel so alone. I think. Um, yes and no, like, but okay. So we're kind of getting into, so yes, but no, like, (laughs) I guess we're kind of getting into the, the conversation of like where we're at right now and today. Um, at least I have some like family or friends that have taken the jab that like, aren't, uh, for, um, you know, showing your papers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So at least there's that, but there is a strong community of people that are like in that lane, but they're not in the preventative care lane. Like they're still eating all the bullshit. They're mm. still taking the, the pharmaceutical, like, see, there is just the lack of knowledge in all of these ways. Like I said, I, I got into this way before any of this stuff where medicine and, and everything got like political and polarized for people because they're still buying into that political party nonsense. Like there's so many people in these nonsensical groups that just conquer and divide Mm. so but at least there's like not this big old ostracizing of you know and and i've kind of i've only really talked to people that are receptive or that are on the path i'm not trying to convince anyone anymore you know it's not about that i'm on the same page with you completely but you know what you say that i mean i obviously was awake before all of this to you know health and true health and all of that um but I guess I didn't really go around talking about it so much not that I go around talking about it now but it just wasn't talk spoken about so it's the fact that those conversations mm-hmm. are even being had it's like yeah. it's always been there but it's been under the surface isn't it like you right. know, if, you, if you I think if I'd have said before you know I don't necessarily agree with vaccinating for certain things because um or anything now but you know because natural immunity you know I wouldn't have gone around saying that I still would have got um negativity for saying that back then but it's like now the conversations are being had as where before you just wouldn't have had them in the first place so right 
And, and I'm about getting to somewhere with things. I, I don't want to talk around, just sit around and talk about shit all the time. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, things are going to happen and they've already happened. So many things have been pulled over us, like, or, you know, past everyone. It's like, people have no idea. And that's why I try to keep it as light as I can, even though mm -hmm. I do kind of go deep into some things. But, you know, if it's not the point to dwell and like, uh, have to like memorize all the shit that's happened to people that these small group of people have been pulling over centuries, like thousands of years, um, or centuries for whatever history we understand and know. It's a lot of history is <laughs> nonsense. That's a but, whole nother, like... Yeah, it's a whole nother thing. But, you know, we've been off the path for so long that like we're trying to catch up and put basics together. Mm. And, um, you know, I uh, and also it's like that's why kind of the predictive programming element is so powerful to, to look in for people, because I actually like on a positive note, not like super doom and gloom, but like there is so many answers right in people's faces about things that they put in like your favorite cartoons, favorite movies, Disney, like all that stuff that when you just look into it a little bit, you're like, Oh, wow. You know, they're kind of putting all the, a lot of the answers in front of people's face, but it's like that reversal of truth. Like I'm going to lie to your face, but show you the truth as I'm doing it. And it's your job to, you know, uh, figure it out, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's how actually how I've figured out other things. Like I remember this episode in the Batman animated series and just random, but like, you know, Ra's al Ghul had to go to like the, the temple out in the, the Himalayas or whatever. And he like bathed in this mineral bath or whatever. And it rejuvenated him for like hundreds of years or whatever, which is obviously like not saying people get rejuvenated hundreds of years, but I also learned that like Kennedy's, the Kennedys would go on vacation in like Arizona and like different places. And they would go to these mineral baths and sweat lodges and they were over there doing some healing, you know, mm. and that's a basic thing. And people don't know that, like, you just never know. You just think it's, Oh yeah, we're sitting in a hot bath, you mm. know, but when you go and do it, it changes you. You're like, Whoa, I feel replenished like five minutes in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That we, I think, the general public has a lot to learn don't they <laughs> um yeah yeah and so let me also tell you this real application so people don't think like okay he just breathes and he eats okay so he doesn't have any vices i like cannabis cannabis has always been a good drug that i've worked with and it's been a functional one that's never slowed me down in ways and if it has it slowed me down to think clearly about things. Mm. I would have made a lot of dumbass impulsive decisions. So uh, it's not for everyone, but you actually do. <laughs> everyone really does, even though it's not for everyone, everyone really does have cannabinoid receptors yes. in their brain. Yeah. So uh, that speaks for something, right? And when you look across religions pretty prolifically, cannabis is involved. Um, you know, Jews are like open about it. I mean, there's like no holdback when you start asking them uh, about, you know, certain practices, you know, you ask them, they're like, yeah, you know, and mm. it's funny, 
it's just when people just look into it it's it's not it's like the oldest one of the oldest methods of whether it was expanding thought or he- healing the body mm. um and there's better there's good ways to do it like it's not just taking a pipe loading it up dude and then smoking with a lighter is you're breathing in half butane you're breathing in half a lighter when you're doing that with a load of tobacco even worse. Yeah. yeah i know people put tobacco in it they make a blunt or whatever um and so there is better ways to do it and i'm not saying smoking's healthy but actually if you think about it one of the biggest uh the biggest downfalls for someone's health is cardiovascular malfunction with congestion with phlegm Mm. and what smoking does and like you know through chinese medicine or even hindi's like they have smoked for a long time they've been breathing in smoke for a long time and it actually dries out all that mucus Mm. if you look into doctors like dr sebi who was pretty big over here in the states he talks about how you know, mucus is like literally the number one thing to look out for that causes most disease is phlegm. Mm. Phlegm is mucus. And so, you know, he, he recommended things for mainstream people to like do with like lime and hot water could help dry up a lot of mucus. Um, but also cannabis does. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, like, so that I'm not like, oh, this guy's just a pothead. Let me also tell you, I've always <laughs> no, thought about this stuff. I Dude, I've, I've gone through the ridicule with family and friends. Like, oh, he's a fucking pothead. He's just a loser. He's just, you know, like smoking weed. He's a, he's a young, you know, it's people always chalk it up to like teenager. Oh, he didn't grow up. So stupid. The cannabis is like the most functional fucking medicine that there is out there for people for serious shit and very minor shit. Yeah. Um, so uh, just another step in that direction that solidified it for me was uh, having to drug test, right? So like whenever you're having to drug test, you have to deplete your system. So you're like flushing it out. You're fasting. You're, you're burning it up. You're in the sauna. You're like, people have never worked out. They're just like fucking getting after it like Rocky trying to deplete their system, right? Just to get a job, by the way, which kind of tells you a lot. But um then right before you are about like that week before you got to halt your system hard you can't have the fat burning anymore and i'll tell you why in a second so like you eat like shit to stop your system like people that have done this there's a science behind potheads that have had to test clean you know piss clean for a test for a job you know just ridiculous people people take pills and they're at you know operating heavy machinery you're like oh my god what what are we done what have we done um so you know so you have to kind of halt your system by eating like garbage all the garbage again so it slows down because you don't want to keep burning fat because if you do it's burning off the cannabis that's lodged in your fat because cannabis attacks uh inflammation it's an anti-inflammatory your fat is inflammation Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you get yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so when you smoke or ingest cannabis, it's lodging itself in the inflammation, which mm. means it's a reducer of inflammation or carcinogens. Mm. And there's a lot of science behind it. You look up like Rick Simpson, like I brought up. He he breaks a lot of this stuff down. 
but you know thc specifically is what is the like the cancer killer it it attacks all the cancer cells there's so many cases i've heard you know of absolute no hope you know there was Mm -hmm. i can't can't remember his name actually i'll have to find find it but you know a a young boy in the uk that brain tumor had no hope and his mum gave him cannabis and he and he cures and you just think these stories out there that are dude it's a weed it's called weed because it's a weed all it needs is sun and water Mm. that's how simple that is that's why it's schedule one okay Mm. that's why it's demonized so hard that's why i felt like a loser fucking half you know not half my life but like you know i felt like a loser for you know certain points of my life because like people just the social stigma yet everyone's out drinking spirits poisoning themselves Mm. willingly and it's totally okay because it they want you to become a dumbed down obedient slave that gets sick and needs the cure or that needs the medicine not the Mm. cure the medicine well alcohol uh, is so so like socially accepted isn't it and you know even when you think in the lockdowns essential businesses were only allowed to open over here (laughs) the off license was included in that you know and I think most of I think the amount of um alcoholism in the UK that rose during lockdown was unbelievable because people are bored at home and just sitting around drinking all day um right and the damage that, that is done there there's no well there might be some very minimal benefits for drinking red wine but you know what are really yeah. any health mm-hmm. benefits from most spirits or alcohol so, right i don't think the only the only thing they have that specifically like red wine has going for it is like if they do it without putting sulfates in it it's fermented fruit we, we've been doing that for a long time there is a bacteria level to it that carries into the the microbiome um so it's not that bad but like when you start getting into the sugars and the sulfates and all the other bullshit that gets put into it then of course it's just you're just drinking juice with you with poison in it, you know, and mm. fillers. And another thing too is like, okay, so does he, so he likes cannabis and there's like this big push to normalize cannabis because it's being, it's been held back for so long. Mm. So now like I guarantee Monsanto has got some patents on some seeds, some GMO oh, seeds, yeah. you know? So that's why people can't just go into like the you know into the oh it's all good no it's not because there's a bunch of gmo weed out there in all these dispensaries you have to look out for you're smoking genetic shit and i don't know how people don't put those two together so i am conscious of it too i'm not like oh he's just a pothead that goes and gets weed all the time it's not that it's a uh sun-grown organically grown Mm -hmm. non-gmo weed it's like what i look for and if i don't have it i don't need it yeah and that's the other thing I think it's everything in moderation isn't it I think that an often quite you know if you're going around smoking a spliff you know the second you wake up it's not that much right. different from reaching in my view for a glass of wine but if you're having it in the evenings right. you know or to it's, it's to me everything in life yeah. is about moderation and I think and right to be enjoyed as well because we have got to have some fun to some extent. Of course. That's why I wanted to state that I don't need to like put out personal shit, but that's real life. Uh, that's some truth, like no ego in it. Like, and it's not something I just love to put out, but, and it's not like I'm proud of it or something, 
but uh, it's a functional medicine that's done well for me. It's done well for a lot of people. And I think of the diminishing in returns, like how many substances are people addicted to? You know what I mean? I, I'm not addicted to pot for sure. I can cut it out whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like maybe uh, right after my grandma passed, I had an, a couple extra spliffs and it's like, yeah, I wouldn't really want to like stop cold turkey tomorrow, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, think about all of the other substances people can't live without. So even if they do like cannabis, then most people then still smoke cigarettes and then they grip in three coffees throughout the day. Mm-hmm. They're also drinking a fucking soda. They're eating bullshit. They're eating chips. They're eating all the bad sugars, the refined sugars. And that's not even including like meat and protein, all this other stuff. Like so many people have their hands in all these little cookie jars with all mm-hmm. of these substances and they take ibuprofen and they're just ruining their gut. And then they have to eat the sauerkraut and then they got to, you know, it's like a never ending cause and effect cycle when really I have coffee when I want it. I have cannabis when I want it. I make the choice. Mm. I don't need it. I really don't. Yeah. And if, and if it stopped today, like, trust me, I, I'd be fine. I'll make it. Yeah. You and know? that's, that's the thing. It's, it's having, I think it's when things become habit. Like, you know, I, I like a glass of red wine occasionally. Dude, ha- Habits are good though, too. Cause there's good habits. Uh, smoking cannabis uh, is maybe a good habit for someone in the diminishing in returns. Yeah. You know? so, I think so it's conscious consuming as well. And red it? wine too. Yeah. I'll, I'll drink red wine later tonight. And I had coffee today. I'm really <laughs> splurging. It's my, it's my 10 year anniversary with my wife being together. So we're going to have red wine. Oh, congrats. Do you know, and that's the other thing. It's like, okay, you do want, I, I like to hear that people do have real lives too, because, you know, mm. having this, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, we we're talking about having a drink at the weekend. And I was like, actually, mm-hmm. if you just have this perfect life where you don't occasionally, you know, consume things that, you know, make you feel right. good. It, it, right. It, it is, well, um, yeah, I come up on here. I'm like, Lisa, I'm a truther. I keep it straight laced. I don't have any vices. I don't even like sex. <laughs> it's just like, no, 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 no. It's a. Uh, People act like when you get in this lane of like trying to present yourself that you're not a fucking human, that you have to be, you're actually kind of going into another group. Like, and I'm not trying to really like, it's not like I'm doing this to run with the pack. Uh, you know, me and you learn, you know, known each other from Chad and me and him are like drawn together because of like-mindedness. And seriously, we, when we talk, it feels like we've been friends for forever. And I honestly feel like it's just very comfortable talking with you in that way too, where I can joke with you. I know I can joke with yeah. you and say some, probably some crazy shit. And you'd be like laughing instead of getting mad, you know, <laughs> and people just get into this lane of like, if they're having to speak out and they're trying to present themselves to have this, like, I have clean sheets and, you know, and no, I have real life problems. I have bills I have to pay. Like I have stresses in that way. I've been building up a business. Like I have mm-hmm. a two-year-old son. My anniversary is today. I'm working. Like I'd rather, you know, not like I wouldn't rather do this, but I'd rather be, um, you know, just maybe we would have went to the beach today, but instead I have to be responsible and get some shit done, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's, um, 
I'm like, I don't even know if I have the money to go to the beach right now. Like, to be honest, I'd rather invest that money into the business to then get us ahead, you know? So there's like real life application of all this stuff. And I've never kind of, I've never put it out. Like I know all of this shit. I have it all figured out. I literally, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm presenting like what I'm interested in, what has worked, misconceptions of things, deceptions, showing people why they're important to even look into. Um, and kind of when you do that, you fall in the middle of like where I am at and where Mm -hmm. other people are at that I saw them and I figured how the hell did they get there? And you get to like the spiritualness of not having to be connected to anything hardcore. Mm -hmm. I know that that sounds maybe not great in the grand scheme of it. Not like, um, it's more self-reliant for the things you need to be reliant like you need to know how to do on your own there's only there's so many there's so many things in life that you only are doing it on your own Mm -hmm. uh and if you do that then you will uh kind of gain a tribe like even your family sometimes people are so disconnected and it takes like you getting your shit together to like attract that person kind of getting the 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 magnetism built back up again Mm -hmm. you know there's yeah. that too and uh, you know I love I love it and I love the honesty because I think that's what I like about people in real life and, and attracted to as friends and you know as part of my tribe is that authenticity you know I, you can see through sort of fakeness and bullshit mm-hmm. you've got to keep it real I think that's really yeah important. really important plus like dude there's people so kind of taking it back I, now that I'm like open about cannabis more, I've talked about it before, but not like, you know, super into it uh, because people just have their idea about things. But the reason why I am like stating that and taking it back there uh, about cannabis is like a lot of people use it. They just don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lost art form of using it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you were just a pothead and you were just trying to smoke morning, noon and night, like don't be smoking half a lighter dummy. And like, if you're going to roll it up, make sure it's in an organic hemp paper instead of just some, like you're smoking a bleach tree. Like, you know, there's just so much nonsense in every area, even like the alternative positive areas, you know, or you're like, you're going to go do, which I'm not condoning. I'm just saying like, people are going to go try out psilocybin for the first time, like some mushrooms. And then you're doing it at a party or with your friends that you're going to just be bullshitting and joking and messing with each other. It's not really like the best environment Mm -hmm. you should be doing that with someone probably that's done it. Secondly, that you can trust. Thirdly, like having a loved one there, having being at your house probably would be best unless it's a chaotic spot. And maybe that wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't have such a negative reaction uh, to it like thinking you had a bad trip when really it was just your shitty environment and shitty mindset you know <laughs> like you're the problem not these plants <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's the way I think about it like it, it, it's got the it's got to be flipped over on its head and not for like the guru role one let's just do like transhumanism like i'm not talking that either people trust me there's a massive psyop in that too it's like let's all just do shrooms and then all of a sudden you're gonna you know be put into a computer for forever like no we're not going there either 
I don't want that either. But there is like this huge push right now with psychedelics and it's not good people doing it, but there's a lot of good, good people doing it too. Uh, mm -hmm. So you got to like look into it for yourself. If you're ever going to take that path of like trying to heal from other shitty drugs you're on, because it can help you get off of those drugs. Um, and, you know, or just for self exploring, you know, um, either way, I'm just saying like, there's this illusion with plant medicine, like, oh, it's just, it's either you're young and you have no responsibilities. Mm. And then now I got my corporate job and I take pills, you know, <laughs> and I go to my doctor's appointment. Like that's, you think that that means grown up, <laughs> you know? Do you think oh. being an asshole and a rigid person is a grown up and taking pills? You know, a lot of people, sadly, yeah, in the city. Yeah, too, that's for sure. Like I'm grown up now. I have a 401k <laughs> and I'm an asshole and I cut people off in traffic and I like alcohol. Like, okay. You know, I drink six packs every night. That's, that's what's also funny too. It's like, you really think everyone's sober? First of all, you have, you're a walking water bag full of drugs that just are constantly coinciding with each other. You're, you're balancing out shit you've done like a month and weeks ago and days ago every morning. So then you wake up, you know, that's the average person. Then they wake up and just put other drugs in their system, acting like they're sober. You know, it's like you had fucking ibuprofen, a metaprolol tartrate for your high blood pressure, you know, coffee fucking you know a vicodin or whatever i know people you know. Are, are rattling do you know i love the fact we've gone from like breath work and yoga to, to here it's yeah <laughs> did the episode yeah it's like oh yeah this and i'm not like i'm not anti-cop or for cop i don't give a shit but it, it is funny like this perception of like yeah i'm the law i'm like getting around i'm sober-minded i'm the the clearest judge of character in the law right and yet like most cops i know fucking drink a six-pack every night and they they are full of shitty ass chemicals from cigarettes and chew and like they're and eating donuts for breakfast like and, and not even like joking like this this thing like i really know cops that eat donuts i need, i know a lot of people that still eat donuts like every morning so the they're full of garbage and like they're supposed to be the clearest judgment for life and death sometimes like they're not yeah, even sober what are you talking about well i think that applies to most probably of the population doesn't it the yeah. majority um, right yeah it is it is scary um so yeah. i'm conscious of time chris so like we oh yes we're good yeah, yeah so what people that want to know more and like you know i feel like we there's so much more to talk about um but yeah just wrapping things up you know what what have we what what, what oh, i can't get my words out now um what haven't we spoken about that you want listeners to know about on on this podcast i'm sure we're going to do more um yeah and what are you up to that kind of thing right now we have so my wife and i have revised a nutrition basics guide that we put out i think three or four years ago i think four years ago actually we revised it with more information that's very practical and it's not that it didn't have it before it's just that i wanted it to be very like very very basic before but now it's like you know people are kind of getting on the road so i revised it my wife put a lot of work into it kind of 
having me and her <laughs> having me like just rant off things and her organizing it and stuff. So we worked really hard on getting it done. Oh, that's nice. That is You're available. Teamwork. teamwork. I love yeah, that. for sure. And it's, it's, uh, it's basic things that people just need to learn how to do again, like understanding what macro and micronutrients are, the separations of them, why they're needed, you know, all these things, how to build a proper meal, like a very basic meal, how there's many eating styles and how to kind of do those things properly. If you're going to do it, uh, showing misconceptions, showing examples of bullshit that they'll like marketing will get you on, uh, showing what are like portion sizes, like basic shit with your hand. Like mm -hmm. we have visuals and stuff. Um, reference lists for for things like products and stuff that we've used that are non-toxic or clean uh even for cleaning stuff like that um so that's in our nutrition our basic or nutrition basics um that's on the website people can purchase that for in a pdf uh right now we don't have any printed copies yet um but that's going down. It's very affordable for learning the basics. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a flip book. So, so doing it side to side, like left, right, it's mm -hmm. up down. So I, I kind of like that better. Yeah. And, um, there's a section for you to, uh, write down your meals throughout the day, if you'd like your goals and meals. Um, so there's even a little section in there for that. So it's, it's like 70 or 80 pages long. It's like 78 pages long or something like that. Um, so we're selling that. If you're interested, you can go to the website, awakenedoptimalhealth.com. It's just a basic nutrition guide that will help you kind of get on the road and clear up some things. Mm. Um, and seriously, that is so needed. That's why we redid it because I'm still like flabbergasted. People don't know how to stay away from shitty foods or like know how to build a meal. Like mm. people don't know how to build meals anymore, mm. you know? So just teaching people that. So that's very important. That's why I wanted to mention that now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm uh, in the middle of uploading classes after this that yeah. I've um, recorded. So I have some yoga classes that I'm going to be posting on our website. Uh, we have a little subscription base. It's like literally less than a tip, like around a coffee. And so if you want some online yoga, access to all the nutrition stuff, all that, access to us like personally, then you can go to our website and check that out. I also have my Rockfin account. That's R-O-K-F-I-N forward slash source. So just one letters or I mean one word source, or you could type my name in Chris Roberts and you can find me there. Um, I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff there. I have read, I'm going to redistribute some content that had been wiped from the internet long time ago. So I have some of that. I'm going to redistribute. That's very important. Researchers works. Mm -hmm. um, my insight. So I'll record, you know, record me giving my insight on why I thought it was important and why it matters and why it got wiped from the internet and what they're trying to hide, like that type of thing. Mm. So I'm going to do that on my Rockfin account and I'll be having weekly yoga classes there. I'm going to do them live so oh, people can join in if you like. And I know it's like, you know, uh, the, t the time change for the UK and us, it's, it's what, eight hours ahead. Yeah. You guys are eight. Yeah. So I'll try to figure out some like afternoon classes because it's evening for you guys there. Right. Um, 
so that I can, uh, you know, get people maybe that were interested to do that. And so right now I'm just in the middle of, of kind of doing all of it at once and it's coming together and I'm, I'm gonna have a lot out there for people to check out. Um, but mainly, like I said, the basics is really, really something good. And our website has other things too. Like we have t-shirts if you're into this, it's literally the symbol. It's our symbol. I love that. And it's very nice shirts. Um, you know, so, so there's all that stuff. And really I'm, I'm not even trying to sell people on it. If you're just interested in what I have to say, come over and check out the stuff we have going on. My wife's a nurse and she's got a lot of information too for pre and postnatal lactation consulting. So you can also kind of get that through my wife. She's uh, very good at what she does. And um, yeah, last little thing I'm, I'm, we're, we're trying to get a mobile juicer going um, because if I can do that, I can really, it's hard to, to sell people on in vital information that everyone needs to know to keep their health and wellness and stuff. But if I could sell someone on this pro, like people just need a thing in their fucking hand. I swear <laughs> to God, they're like, I get this great. I'll pay money. But if it's like, let me teach you about not getting disease and spinal decompression. And they're like, what? Like, are you sure you want me to pay that? It's not covered by insurance. You know, it's, it's flabbergasting, but um, we're, so I'm trying to get this mobile juicer going so that we can get into markets and start getting out real living nutrition, organic cold press juice in glass. Right. And getting that in people's hands. So when you do that, I've, had nothing but success. Uh, when the supply chain broke, I had a, a, a gap with being able to juice and stuff. I couldn't get my press towels. So it kind of slowed down production. So now we're getting it going. And the next step is to get a juicer, like a, a, a mobile, like a trailer. So I'm trying to do that just to tell people what I'm in the middle of doing. That's why I, I haven't been able to to like crank out content and stuff so you're busy you, you guys that's for sure but powerhouse of information so when it all like when you get it all up there and it's all going it's going to be great and you know it's be great got, yeah it's awesome that's good